welcome to On the Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 118 for the 9th of October 2009. How are you doing, James? I'm very well, Ian, and how the devil are you? I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm actually perched on the edge of the Grand Canyon at the moment. Okay, um, we'll just, just keep holding on to the railing <laughs> and you'll be fine. Yeah. Which, uh, it's, uh, don't you worry about it. I'm at the I'm at the edge of the couch, sort of cantilevering you so you don't fall in. Excellent plan. So I'm You'll be fine. Uh, we'll be talking today on On the Couch, episode 118, uh, about uh, business news, technology news. What else? Content delivery, what's happening in the world of mobile, mm-hmm. uh, any gaming news that happens to occur to us. And, and some uh, other stuff, including your new interesting panoramic photo gadget, no doubt. Indeed, which yeah. we can uh, talk about in a little bit. Indeed. So and this is um, on the couch where we talk about broadcast and entertainment technology news. So if you're listening to us on VideoNet, then uh, hi and welcome to the show. Good to have you on board. Mm, yeah. So uh, tell your friends about it. Give us some feedback. You can always send feedback to us at any time at feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Love to hear from you. Which would be great. And, uh, it'll be good to uh, hear from you. So... So, kicking off in business news, James, we've got uh, we've talked previously about Skype and eBay having separated. But uh, yeah, well, this- I mean, obviously Skype sort of um, was part of eBay or vice versa. I can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, I think, there was some key patent issues in IPR, which one claimed that yeah. they did um, sort of own key key patents relating to Skype. Um, and and uh, by uh, key, we mean the. Uh, the bits uh, that enable you to do Skyping. <laughs> yeah, the kind of key, <laughs> key peer-to-peer aspects, which is the reason why Skype has been so successful, because it's not based on a, uh, a point-to-point or even, That's right. even a, a point-to-kind-of-central service system, but it's mm-hmm. really all about being able to relay your data through other people in order to get it to where it needs to go. Uh, exactly. So this patent is uh, fairly key to Skype being yeah, able to no, do Yeah, and I suspect, you know, if you didn't, it says they, they argue that when eBay boi- bought Skype, sorry, boit, whatever that is, bought Skype <laughs> in 2005, <laughs> the acquisition didn't include this peer-to-peer networking stuff. Which um, you, you kind of think that that would be a key thing to buy if you're going to buy Skype at all. Yeah, but I mean, th- these things do kind of happen, but um, maybe it was, you, know, you never quite know what happened on behind the, behind the doors, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's resolved. So that's obviously good for eBay. Um, mm, that's great. So, so uh, business land. <laughs> that's right. Now I must say we're doing a slightly different approach this time. So we actually—I'm looking at the stories live online. So you bear with me. <laughs> yeah, it's um, been one of those and they things. are all in the show notes if you are listening for the first time. Indeed. So you can um, have a look at the show notes and see the links and, and uh, catch up on what's happening there. Indeed. Um, now the next thing on the technology side, and and we feature and talk about this quite often, is there's a massive amount of hype about the amount of people who are watching stuff online. And, and while it's fair to say you know, the v- online viewing is growing, you know, by a thousand percent a year, yep. you know, growing from 0.01% to 1%, you know, is still not a lot compared to the rest <laughs> of the world. That's right. Um, so this is yet another survey report that's come out, um, US-centric, saying 2% uh, or about two hours of viewing per mm-hmm. month is coming from non-traditional TV devices. Yeah, um, now I can't work, quite work out whether this article is actually uh, trying to say that 
um, uh, this is a big thing or it's a small thing. Uh, I mean, uh, compared to obviously the 98% of everything else that everyone does in respect to television. Hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, Americans love their television and spend some six to eight hours a day, believe it or not. Um, well, I mean, that, this thing is 130 hours a month, which six to eight hours a day story is less than that. So, wow. So even more. Okay. Yeah, even more. I mean, <laughs> and uh, I think the other thing is it's a bit like PVR usage. People tend to mm-hmm. have a wrong impression about how they actually use or watch services. They may seem to think they watch a lot of stuff online, but in reality, yeah. a lot of it is probably just live broadcast. So, yeah. Um, and uh, as we found out last week, it's a lot of. A lot of people's use of online video services is actually as a catch-up service to enable people to see, you know, a show that they missed or they missed the first half or forgot to record or something like that. Exactly. I mean, I guess the the conclusion really is that, you know, the landscape of of consumption is changing, but Mm. it's not changing as fast as some people might think. Yeah. And indeed, not even as fast as people who are consuming the new content. Indeed. Um, And uh, also the fact that uh, the, the content people are consuming online tends to be very short. Uh, even mm-hmm. on average for for Hulu, we were seeing, uh, is still a fairly short amount of time compared to the actual length of a show. Uh, so, you know, uh, people like watching TV on TV and uh, that's uh, that's changing, but not changing as fast as, as you would think from all the hype around it. Indeed. So, um, no, I think it's uh, interesting to see that. So, and, and content delivery is also changing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, modes of delivery. Um a lot of hype in the UK around the BBC's iPlayer, which our international uh, listeners may have kind of heard of, but uh, now mm. the, the technology is due to, um, apparently, it's been licensed to BBC's kind of commercial arm called BBC Worldwide, and they're looking right. to do a kind of pay-per-view iPlayer planned oh, wow. uh, in the US, I guess the US mm-hmm. first of all, but there's no reason why it couldn't be anywhere else as well. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, that's, that's quite good uh, from a proven technology perspective. It does uh, you know, does the job. Um, yeah, whether I mean, it's, it's going to work uh, in a kind of a non-channel branded environment would be mm-hmm. interesting. Um, but I guess you know anything that gives the likes of Hulu and TV.com a run for the money is is good for competition, and uh, it's a good means for BBC to distribute their content and subsidise us license payers over here. In yeah, the yeah, that's right. Luck. I don't quite know how that works actually. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the BBC BBC Worldwide. Uh, I don't know how what percentage BBC owns it. I presume it's a majority owned. Uh, venture. Mm, but my, my license fee was used to develop iPlayer. So mm, that's true. You know, why? How come that can be? Uh, you know, does that mean the sale to BBC Worldwide? BBC Worldwide pi- pays the BBC to mm-hmm. further subsidise my license fee. Well, I guess there like, must have been some sort of cross charging arrangement or something. Mm. But uh, I mean, the same argument would go for. I mean, your li- our license fee was used to pay for content production in the first place, which is then resold through uh, BBC yeah, Worldwide. Yeah. So. Um. The other thing that's changing, and I guess this is the first for the UK, I'm sure it's mm-hmm. happened in other parts of the world, is uh, uh, tomorrow night, in fact, we're recording this on uh, Friday, but on tomorrow night and Saturday, uh, the, the first uh, United Kingdom are playing Ukraine in soccer or football, mm-hmm. depending on which side of the pond you're on. Yeah. Uh, but this time, the game is only going to be available online. Oh, wow. Um, and obviously, you know, that, that hurts people mm. um, because... They, they used to, I can't remember the, the term for it, but you know, if, if national sporting events typically would be on the uh, terrestrial national channels mm-hmm. and no one else was allowed to have them because it was a national thing. Yeah. So, you know, this, is, this isn't even on major pay TV platforms. This is on wow. an online um, 
which is coming from some company that has served up to sort of 30, I think it's up to 30 to 40,000 streams at once before. Wow. Uh, and they're charging... Um, Was it £4.99? £4.99 if you book in wow. advance up to... Uh, it's like... Oh, 12 pounds nearly the date. This is wow. pounds, not dollars, by yeah, the way, yeah. listeners. Um, but wow, I have found amazing. a way of getting it for free. Uh, but Excellent. it's not exactly free. You have to bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you right. uh, It's one of, the, a book, one of the bookmakers, the enterprising bookmakers over here in the UK, where uh-huh. it is legal, so they're allowed to do this, have basically uh-huh. said, if you, um, if you bet, I think it's 10 pounds, you can get to watch it for free. Fantastic. Maybe. And you well, can that's, win some that's money as interesting. Well. So it's basically only available online and online pay per view, essentially. Essentially, it's yeah. amazing. And I tell you what, my my broadband connection, you know, <laughs> money <laughs> yeah. down the drain. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, so, so it's eleven ninety nine. You can pay, you know, credit card, PayPal, blah blah blah. Wow. Um, so it's kind of, and then the name of the company doing it is called the Perform or Kentaro Group. So mm. it'd be interesting to see how that goes down. There's obviously a lot of furore beforehand. People saying wow. you know, this just isn't on. A national game, so it should really be on hmm. um, online. So it's interesting. Not so online. One of the comments on the actual uh, on the article that we've got on uh, Footy Blog says, uh, "I'm not keen on what is happening with this England game, but I also think that it's the future for the way sport and TV will be shown." I watch the Ashes on a PC; it works through SkyPlayer. That's an excellent way for me to watching it. Watch it for free. Thanks very much. Well, lucky you, whoever that was. That was uh, what, uh, <laughs> who had access to SkyPlayer at that work. Was John yeah. Barks. Lucky John. Um, your company doesn't block SkyPlayer. Well done. I'm sure your productivity was <laughs> was very very high. Yeah. Keeping an eye on the uh, the ashes at the same time. Exactly. So just while we're while we're on uh, content delivery. Uh, just came out this week that the uh, as we were rumouring last week the, the Amazon Kindle is actually oh, of course, yeah. available well worldwide. we're always up on the news aren't we listeners oh, we're ahead of the game to absolutely us, <laughs> ahead of the game. Kindle has come out in fact the homepage of Amazon in the UK now says Kindle is coming um, mm. and what I think and is interesting think is uh, in this in this sense there's an international edition of the Kindle available in the US now which when you take overseas will still work. You'll still be able to buy books and download content and so on, which I think I think this is the first time, uh, I mean... Global roaming. Yeah, global yeah. roaming for an e-book service. That's yeah, but it depends which countries you go to, so... <laughs> quite probably. You know, let's wait and see. I mean, and also they have to have a 3G agreement, but I mean, that's the big issue generally with mobile phones is mm-hmm. you don't get, you don't get uh, voice roaming, let alone data roaming. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, so with the, obviously with Skype phones are changing that, so there are... Yeah, that's true. In. So with, with the Kindle, do you pay a monthly fee? I don't think you do, actually. It's just pay-per-use. So wow, that's cool. Certainly on the WhisperNet, I find that hard to believe that carriers in, in mm. Europe, for instance, have we offered just, yeah. data rates. Um, <laughs> may, unless may, they have a rev share in, in place. So yeah, maybe download. that's it. You download a book and they get, you know, a pound or something. Well, it's typically... What is it? They, they Actually, in Europe, it's something like... Um, five pounds per, per per sort of five megabytes or something mm-hmm. fixed fee mm-hmm. I mean, that's integral um so maybe you know it depends how big the books are i don't mm, know true i mean if they're compressed enough they wouldn't take up much I, yeah. would think, they, I mean they can't be that big but then in the u.s i guess it's whisper net flat rate nobody cares <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> see. anyway I, that's i think it's generally good news um mm, absolutely obviously anyone who's bought sony e-readers like selfie and is uh, out yeah, in the cold i know <laughs> There we go. Such is the life of the early adopter. I know. That's the trouble, isn't it? Now, um... This one, this story is yours, James. (laughs) (laughs) What is Shivera? Uh Uh-huh. What is Um, Shivera? Well, Shivera, as as far as... It's called the Satellite Home Viewer Act Reauthorization and Extension Act, which is the... 
Shivera built. Shivera was all reminded of like Shiva, that sort of yeah. Indian goddess mm. with lots of arms and things. Yeah. Um, and in this case, I believe <laughs> it relates to uh, kind of mass must carry and mustn't carry right. in relation to local services uh-huh. for satellite operators. Right. In the, um, in the US, I presume, is it? Yeah. I mean, it's all, all US based. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously, this is, I think, both to sort of provide some element of competition Mm. and some element of protectionism for local cable operators in right. US. So they can't just get wiped out by the satellite guys. Mm. Um, but clearly, the satellite guys to carry every single local channel is a massive pretty much amount impossible, of yeah. waste of bandwidth. Yes, it's, it's, well, um, exactly. It's funny, th- those things that... I mean, cable's obviously very good for inserting local content locally. Indeed. Uh, and uh, satellite, you can reach a lot of people very cheaply, but... Uh, well, relatively cheaply, but you can't... Local insertion just isn't possible with satellites. Well, I mean, so. what you have to do is backhaul everything to the uplink centre. And then mm, I've actually I've seen some expensive. of the, the satellite uh, antenna designs. So some of the satellites are specially designed, so they have like literally spot beams for every state. Oh, wow. Which is fine until you get to places like Alaska and Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Which don't Um, kind of work, yeah. So, I mean, maybe this bill is kind of, you can legislate, but the fact is you can't change a satellite that's already in orbit. So Mm -hmm. some of these things Mm -hmm. may be impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, you know, this cable lobby is quite strong there. um, And there have been some estimates about how many hundreds of millions of dollars it would take to uh, put these additional local channels on. I mean, do you really want to see the guy with the public access underband channel being put out <laughs> over satellite? You know? Well, you know, surprisingly enough, as, as I've learned more and more about, uh, about US cable, having spent some time here now, a lot mm. of the cable operators are quite small and uh, very small, I believe, uh, yes. in, indeed, so small that uh, the the actual local county uh, kind of uh, authority is actually running the cable network. So they they wow. take out your garbage, they um, sort it's out the sewers. It's a utility they, almost. Yeah, it is. It is, and they and, and I guess there's no competition. It's a it's a local franchise typically. Exactly, and uh, you know, for some companies. Uh, have decided not to go into the smaller markets, obviously with you know towns of you know five thousand people, but the local authority can happily do that and get their mm. local channels out as well. Uh, that's and that's the argument that they've done that. I guess these are all analog as well. There's no digitization. Well, they have been analog for quite some time, although a lot of them are digitizing now. Um, especially mm. as obviously one of the other utilities that you know we expect these days is internet access, uh, and analog bandwidth is taking up. Uh, a lot of that space on the cable, a lot okay. of operators are now looking at, you know, even some of the more major ones, uh, reclaiming that analog bandwidth uh, by replacing the the analog set the boxes with uh, what they've called digital transport adapters. Uh, basically, it's a it's a very very cut down set top box, and right. uh, basically it has a cable in and RF out. So it is really a kind of a, just an adapter, and it just takes the place of uh, what the analog box would have done. So is there any conditional access or any of that kind of stuff in there? No, none of that stuff at all. It's literally yeah. just saving transmission bandwidth. Exactly. But for the for the cable guys, I mean, see, this is and this is the other difference with you know satellite. You can whack another satellite up, uh, which is what uh, Alstar and Foxtel have just done in the last couple of weeks in Australia. Mm-hmm. Great, they can do HD now. But uh, for the cable do guys, satellites reach around to the bottom of Australia. Do they go do all they the way around? around yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> in they fact, put big uh, mirrors in the sky or something. <laughs> well, in fact, the, uh, the the way the satellites work for Australia, just slightly off topic here. Is to uh, uh, it's a big banana-shaped beam that kind of covers the east coast and you know all the way up mm-hmm. north down to Tasmania, uh, a spot beam for Perth, 
uh, and then a kind of lower level signal for the rest of Australia. If they can do a spot beam for Perth, they can do a spot beam for Hawaii, I tell you. Oh, I know. It's, it's, a matter of, it's a matter of... I, I actually once <laughs> worked in the, the satellite industry and it was literally... Then it was some clever guy with an angle grinder and a, <laughs> and a, and a buffing polish machine and they'd literally kind of... They'd have a computer model for the antenna and mm-hmm. then some guy would literally rub it down with almost, you know, sandpaper and well, then they'd measure it with a, a sort of diamond depth thingy and all this kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, but I guess, you know... that. Probably is done pretty similarly. I guess there's only so much you can do mm-hmm. uh, CNC machining, and yep. then you have to do some yep. polishing to match the exact curve, and then you yeah, test amazing. it in a big chamber and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Um, pretty cool. That's why satellites cost a lot of money. That's right. But for the satellite guys, uh, sorry, for the cable guys in the US, mm. um, it's a matter of you know they they can't do anything. There is no more bandwidth on that bit of cable, so yeah. the only thing they can do is try and you know get rid of the analog. Um, which yeah, gives them which a lot of bandwidth some cases back. you can't do because people say, I'm not buying an adapter. <laughs> yeah, so they have mm. to do it for free. So, they, yeah, mm. so it kind of goes like that. So the uh, you know, and, and why change if there's nothing new that they want? I yeah. That's, that's well, there's, thing, there's no benefit yeah. to the consumer at that point. What except, is this internet they're saying? <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess more internet bandwidth is good and VOD and all this stuff. So. Yep. Mm, so I guess, you know, Shavira has got something going for it somewhere. Indeed. Um, mobile. Mm-hmm. Um it's slow on the mobile news. Obviously, lots of new phones come out all the time, but we don't tend to blather on about that. Um, something of interest to me, and maybe it would be mm-hmm. interest to any, anyone else out there who's got a 2G iPhone, and there's quite a few million of them out there. There is a stack of them. Um, come across some guy, French chap, who's uh, called Roki, R-O-Q-U-Y, who's got some <laughs> uh, <laughs> some code that enables you to hook up a an external Bluetooth GPS to your iPhone. Oh, neat. That's cool. Because your, your, your um, iPhone doesn't have uh, GPS. No, I'm, well, I said it, I've got a 2G one. Yeah, so, right. And I do happen to have a Bluetooth GPS. Uh-huh. Um, cool. So I'm just waiting for this. It's about, I think he's charging eight euros, but he had so, he, he launched the app and had his own little dodgy website. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, it was so popular, the app, the site went down and he can't handle it. So, uh. um, and obviously it's for unlocked phones as well. Oh, so, of course. Right. And jailbroken because the only way to get un unofficial apps on there is uh, with this but you'd expect this is something that you know apple could just support they could it would, would take no effort really would it not well i'm sure it would take some effort but um yeah essentially i mean there should be something which is built in yeah, well maybe, i mean uh, by, by no effort <laughs> i mean software i mean they've, they've <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly this it, come, it should come for free and, stack you, you, and uh, i mean the, in fact uh, you know i was expecting and it was announced in, in iphone uh, 3.0 mm-hmm. that um you would have access to the bluetooth for more than just and three calls. So, yep. Um, but only for qualified devices. So they're obviously trying yeah, to right. milk the uh, made for iPod mm-hmm. on the uh, sat navs and stuff. So. <laughs> uh, so I do like the uh, on the website here from Roki. Uh, it says done. It's done. I've got at home the first iPod Touch working with a Bluetooth GPS antenna and Navigon, which I presume is some sort of navigation software. Is it? Yeah, you can buy Navigon and TomTom from the ice from the um, iTunes uh, oh, app store. Right. Oh wow! Um, so you, and obviously that expects you to have built-in mm. GPS, but obviously you, you haven't. I guess the other it. advantage is you can use it where you don't have particularly good coverage. You can put the the GPS somewhere else, mm. or you know, outside or uh, on top of your head or something, and keep the phone <laughs> in your pocket. You know, yep. if you're cycling, for instance, you know. So uh, mm. there we go. Very cool. Um, That's neat. So hopefully, I'll be able to get my hands on that and, and let, uh, let everyone Fantastic. know how that goes. But uh, I could use that when I'm. I've got my bike fixed as well, so I can. Uh, ah, cool. This is like just in time for the rainy season. <laughs> Excellent. Mm. So, uh, for for anyone that hasn't listened to the uh, the ongoing excitement of um, 
James's electric bike. It's uh, what's it called again? It's not. It's a hybrid bike. Uh, sorry, hybrid. Because <laughs> you, you can it's pedal me as well. And the electricity. Go <laughs> <laughs> cycle, but I'm I'm go almost on the road. Right. So excellent. That's very cool. Um, now we've featured the we're moving on to gaming swiftly. By the way, in case you didn't notice mm-hmm. the segue, um, we talked a little bit about the PSP Go. Yeah. Um, Any news on that one? Yeah, there's a couple of, I think, a couple of interesting things. Where it's now kind of been launched, and you, we did, I think, uh, you had an unboxing in the notes last week. Mm. Um, it seems that no one tested it outside of the USA. Um, oh, no. So, um, a number of people in Europe are having trouble downloading titles because they won't play back on the handhelds, oh. which, is, which is a bit of an issue. Oh, that's crazy. Because um, they're, 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 like, region locked or something? Is that right? Well, it would obviously would appear that there is some element of region locking or oh, maybe GOIPing no. or something. There's some uh-huh. bizarre error, which I could uh-huh. read out, but it would just be a string of numbers. Um, <laughs> it's stopping you to do it, but apparently they are allowing you to download some of your, if you have some titles, if you're an existing mm-hmm. UMD mm-hmm. owner. If you've got mm-hmm. one of those funny discs that goes into the, mm-hmm. the old PSBs, you can download some free titles. But um, wow. quite how they police that, I'm not sure. If anyone's got a PSP, go. Let us know. I'm yeah. maybe, I may be interested in getting one as a as a companion device for my PS3. But um, well, I think they're a great looking device. They're very cute. You know? Yeah, and obviously they're they're that good looking that um, some guy in China has already ripped it off and, and taken it a step further. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you'll see on, in the show notes. You'll see this. Basically, some guy's already cloned it, and uh, it's got a, it, it has an emulator for 16 bit games. Quite what that means. I guess that's. Right, like, like a game P- or like, something like that. Like PSP one games, perhaps. Um, could well, it doesn't say. I mean, you know, mm. uh, it's got a camera, FM radio, MP three player. Oh, nice! Um, and it looks pretty great. much, <laughs> really exactly, pretty like much exactly the same. <laughs> That's um, great. But slightly, uh, slightly more rounded shoulders, I would say. Right. If, Just um, for a slight difference there. Okay. Whether it's a real product or not, I mean, there's often quite a few of these sites pop up in China where they, mm-hmm. they have something and say, you can't actually buy it, but you can order them in quantities of a thousand. So, right. So they're, they're not actually selling them there. Just well, I'm not sure, but I mean, clearly, distributing you know, if, if, if you publish some product in advance, someone else will make it, you know. Very enterprising, those Chinese chaps. They're very clever. Very clever. Good for them. Wow. Um, cool. Now, other mm-hmm. news. Um, I think yeah. one of the big challenges that all these kind of handheld gadgets face is batteries. Yeah. Um, and there's everyone comes out with, oh, we've got some new battery, more power density. And, and while we've mm-hmm. got things like Moore's laws have been moving on, Moore's law, sorry, moving on with processing power. Yeah. Battery technology hasn't really been able to keep pace. So while you're. It hasn't. In fact, it, we've got that growing gap between the processing power we now have in our handheld devices and and battery power that we need to keep them going yeah. for. And certainly in, in any phone based device, the standby time mm. is key. And obviously mm. that's directly related to the power consumption. So yep. um, we're seeing a few issues there. But um, as this story goes, a boffin in Missouri has invented a nuclear powered battery the size of a penny. Fantastic. And I can hear him going, oh, atomic bomb in my pocket. Hell, I'm not having one of those. Um, and clearly, obviously, nuclear batteries are already used in satellites and stuff like that. Mm. Um, yeah, in fact, some so, of the earliest uh, space exploration probes, like the Venus probes, are all were nuclear-powered, which is why they lasted for, for decades, um, miles, well, you know, hundreds of, thousands of miles away from the sun. Yeah. But funnily enough, these, these um, 
these batteries are slightly smaller and less complex than a full-blown nuclear reactor. <laughs> you kind of uh, want to hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. There's so many jokes really <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. Anyway, they're supposed to be really small and obviously, I'd hopefully they don't burn a hole in your pocket. But, uh, <laughs> That's right. Or, uh, or, so, you know, but I think it's generally quite promising. I've seen some really thin cool. super capacitors have been the sort of the thing that everyone's mm, been talking about mm. at the moment, which can really have a really, really slim battery and, and keep the charge for a long time. Mm. Um, but so his, his first um, his first battery uh, isn't particularly powerful uh, 16.2 nanowatts is his output um, uh, and, is basically uh, bugger all for all the uh, well, and, 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 and according to that great uh, if you, have you used Wolfram Alpha um, mm. it's this kind of um, Wolfram or the Mathematica guy who made Mathematica the right. mathematical modelling programme um, that suggests that you need almost 40 million of these batteries to have enough power to run a, an iPhone. So, uh, so uh, it's some way off, I think, this one. Um, okay. So it's not all about that. But um, so it's, maybe it's, it might be the future, but not right now. Well, maybe you should tell useful. us a bit more about your, uh, your amazing um, panoramic... Oh, camera, yeah. so, uh, camera I, I mean, What's technically, that, like, I, I am on holidays this week, but you know, the show must go on. Uh, yeah. But uh, one of the fun things I've been doing is uh, while at the Grand Canyon and uh, some other beautiful spots in Arizona here, uh, it's a new device I've got called a Gigapan, which uh, is basically, uh, and it'll be in the show notes, but uh, you, you attach this device to a tripod and then whack a little camera inside this device. Is and, it quite a big thing? <laughs> it's bigger than, than than it doesn't fit in your pocket. Let's put it that way. Um, and uh, it basically allows it allows you to rotate the camera on two axes and press the shutter button down, and then you automate all this, and it takes it works out all the parallaxes and all that kind of stuff, and uh, basically allows you to shoot. Uh, Is it like a jig kind of thing? You can yeah, put any kind of you can put any kind of camera in it. Um, oh, right. up to a certain size uh, and it, it basically rotates the camera in, 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 the two, in the two dimensions and takes like uh, four shots down and 16 shots across uh, and then once you've done this uh, the software which is which is you know as you always it's it's the smart part of the, the bargain yeah, yeah. Uh, stitches all these pictures together and forms a basically a gigapixel uh, and have panorama. you used it yet have you got some yeah so I'll put some links in the show notes because I'd imagine you do have to calibrate it or something is there some yeah calib- although it's it's fairly flexible again because all the software is doing all the hard work uh, okay. there's some calibration required on the actual device itself but it seems pretty um, pretty relaxed because you know, I've been perched on the top of ledges and, <laughs> and uh, you know, everything's kind of shaking, the wind's blowing and, and it's taken Sitting some pretty amazing... Sitting on the end of that couch there, hanging over the edge of the canyon. <laughs> it's taken some pretty amazing panoramas, yeah. so it stitches them all together. It's a link up on the show notes so we can have a shifty and see what... Uh, it's very cool. And was it a really pricey piece of kit? So it's, it's, this one's about $300 and they oh, go right, up from so there. more than your camera. And more than the camera. Uh, but uh, the, this, is, this is a new one coming out that actually takes uh, SLRs, which I presume is... Uh, bigger Even and stronger bigger. And, and chunkier but uh, this yeah. one does it, it doesn't do 3D shots though I've seen some rigs with 3D but yeah, you need that then essentially cool. two cameras yeah but, I'm not quite up that stage yet yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild it's very um, cool meanwhile the um, the, the uh, this is the it's not a water skiing rabbit mm-hmm. this is a Terminator rabbit um, and apologies right. to any people who are uh, anti-vivisectionists this is not of the ilk but uh, some person has basically put like a terminator vision and they've got a contact lens which has got a it looks like a 10 by 10 pixel array oh wow and they've 
managed to why were they stuck it in a rabbit and not the researcher's eye first? <laughs> it's probably a good um, reason for that. Like the fact that, you know, uh, the chemicals involved in, in LEDs are actually carcinogenic, for example. Um, well, yeah, but I, I mean, I still think it's a bit off that he's like putting it in the rabbit's eye and not, uh, not his own eye. But uh, I mean, yeah. most of these people who are into Borg stuff tend to try it on themselves <laughs> first, don't they? You know, so, this is actually really funny because I just happened to be reading a book called... Unless you're a rabbit. <laughs> well, unless you're a rabbit, it could be really cool. Uh, mm. called Rainbow's End, which is uh, uh, is actually covers this kind of step into the future thing where mm-hmm. everyone has contact lenses and it gives you a kind of virtual reality view of everything that's happening in front of you. Yeah. Well, I so, guess it's, isn't it Geordie LaForge from Star Trek? That's the, um, you know, he, he has some kind of contact lens things a bit like this. Cool. Um, I wonder what the bunny thought of it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's I, bright lights in my eyes. I'm more into sort of firing lasers directly into your eye. <laughs> is that the plan, is it? Well, I mean, laser's just light. I mean, light comes into your eye anyway, but if you, you know, yeah, you could true. then just project the whole display into your eye, uh-huh. um, which is more of the kind of snow crash kind of virtual right. reality thing where you don't, nobody has screens anymore. They just look. I guess mm. if you were looking at mm. your contact lenses, you'd essentially just kind of be looking cross-eyed like a zombie, <laughs> um, looking, at, looking into nothingness, and it would be the same if you were looking at some other device. Yeah. Well, that's the thing in this story. They get suspicious of anyone just um, standing around doing nothing because clearly they're on the net looking at something through their amazing <laughs> Imagine contact Imagine exams of the future. <laughs> yes. Stop staring into space. <laughs> that's no, right. These are work. It's not allowed. Mm. Yeah. So, um, no, I think it's an interesting development um, and it looks fairly real. Uh, certainly the rabbit does. Yeah, the so, rabbit uh, does, yeah. Uh, I mean, but, there's uh, a close-up of the rabbit with the thing in its eye, but you don't get to see if the rabbit's very happy about it. I don't think he's smiling. <laughs> no. wow. like, but, um, we'll see very cool and obviously powering that again on the battery thing is a bit tricky mm. so that's uh, something else to, to think about um, very cool okay that about wraps us up really doesn't it it does it does All sorts of wide variety Wacky of news, news there but we'd like to bring you a cross section of uh, what's uh, what's potentially relevant and what may be relevant in the future absolutely so, well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. It's been great to talk to you and look forward to talking to you on, on the couch in 119. Indeed. So it's goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from Ian. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>